0: Welcome to Real Authors in Real Time podcast, where we explore the world of writing, publishing, and book promotion. Your host, Carmen Renee Berry, co-founder of Berry Powell Press, is a New York Times best-selling author and has been on Oprah and featured in Newsweek. She helps aspiring authors create top quality books that transform lives. Join Carmen and her guests as they share insights and experiences in publishing and learn how to bring your message to the world. And now, Carmen.
1: Welcome to the podcast today. We have two guests, which is a bit unusual and it's exciting. We have Mike E. Reynolds, who is the author of Darkness Dwells in Dixie, and it has Uh, had quite literary acclaim. It has gotten a silver medal from the Independent Book Publishing Association, so we're very, very proud of that book. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Mike.
0: Uh, Thank you, Carmen. It's great to be here.
1: And our other guest is Valerie Mills Barnes, and she's got a long list of titles here. She's a senior editor. She's the director of manuscript editorial services, and she is also our acquisitions editor. So if you're interested in publishing with us, she would be the person that you'll be talking to. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. And yes, yes, reach out if you want to write a book. So Valerie, let's start with you. You say there are three things that you recommend for anyone writing a fiction book. Can you tell us those three things?
2: Yes, absolutely. I think it's important that we start with a plot line uh, and a timeline and a character list.
1: What's the difference between a timeline and a plot line?
2: Well, the, the plot line is, is brief. It doesn't list all of the various struggles that happen in the writing or in the story itself. It follows just the main characters, not any, anyone else. And it's, if it's more of an ensemble cast, then yes, we would add more to that. But the plot line is, is brief and takes you through the story arc. The timeline is more detailed. That includes each struggle there is and how they got out of it. Uh, it changes the most. It's the most fluid of the documents. Um, as holes are discovered, you know, they're, filled with other writings that um, we have to add to the timeline. In fact, all of these um, documents are fluid. We do add to them, but this is the one that's most important as far as keeping the story straight. And if you could picture a story like a um, movie, for example, it's the scenes of the movie or the scenes of the story. And so this keeps them in order. And it's really the best tool for the author writing to be referred to often to make sure they avoid those holes and errors.
1: Now, my experience with first-time authors, especially fiction authors, is that you just start writing. Uh, That makes sense. You're writing a book, so why don't you start writing it? Um, And I do think that Mike followed that similar example. Did you not, Mike?
0: I'd like to say I didn't, but that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I had no writing experience at all. <clears throat> uh, so I knew I had a story to tell, so like like you just said, I just started telling the story. Uh, I did not have a timeline uh, and and uh, I can tell you from as I got into the story and 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 I got uh, uh, some some education from. From Valerie and from you, um, I just was all over the place, and while I had all these different stories, you know, different parts of the stories, uh, I didn't have a way to connect them, to, so that it wound up being a you know a, a fluid uh, story that made sense to a reader. So, no, I didn't have a timeline, and 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 I'm sorry I didn't.
1: So, when you do your next book, you will definitely use one, right?
0: Uh, well, let me put it this way. I will not write the first word until I have a a completed and very thorough timeline. Uh, one thing Valerie said uh, once to me was uh, it needs to be fluid, and uh, it does. It must be fluid because I, I found out, you know, in writing the book that things change. You know, where well, you might have started out a character, you know, uh, doing certain things, and then later down the road, you you wanted to change things. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't write a book without without a uh, very detailed timeline.
1: Now, tell me the difference in your mind between the plot line and the timeline.
0: You know, I think I actually think, uh, although I didn't know what to call it, <clears throat> perhaps I probably had a plot line. Um, you know, I knew the story was about. Uh, uh, a young boy and his brother and and his mother who was abused in the fifties and the sixties. So, you know, I had a plot, but you know, no, I didn't have a timeline, not at all. So I, uh, next time I, again, will have a plot line. I think Valerie just summed it up. You know, that's really a brief story arc that you develop about the main character. So you have a general idea about what you're going to be writing about.
1: Valerie, let me go back to you and, and, Give us the five parts of a good plot line.
2: I was going to say we need to go over that. That, that is uh, an important uh, thing to get, to get it started, to do it right. Um, the, you know, it's, if you picture it like an arc, um, there's a lot of different names for it storyline, plot line, story arc. Um, it starts with the old normal. So, what was life like? When this all begins, um, when the story starts, what was happening? What was life like? And then a crisis, or some people call it an inciting incident. And that can be good or bad. Um, something that's life changing happens. And then the characters go through, um, you know, this, these mistakes and learning, or some call it struggles. It's kind of an up and down jiggly line. Uh, through the story that tells the various things that happens. What comes up, how they fix that, or how they try. And good and bad, again, all of that happens up and down through the mistakes and learning part of it. And then an answer or an epiphany or a climax, something big happens, good or bad, again, that elicits change. It requires change. And then you've got the new normal or the outcome, and that's what is life like now? You know, all that learning and then that crisis or that big event, now what is life like? How have how have your characters changed? What is their life like today? And that story
1: arc is used in Western uh, movies, films, books. Uh, there are other formats for books and, and fiction. But what is very, very successful in the world is the Western mindset of the five steps. The normal, the crisis, the uh, mistakes and learning, the breakthrough, and then the new normal. You can see this in every television show that you really enjoy. This is pretty standard. Uh, and it, if you mess with it too much, it'll, it'll be problematic. Yeah. Mike, you're a really, really good storyteller. But you learned how to write a book, which is a little bit of a different skill set. Yes. So the third thing that Valerie recommends and we recommend is to have a character list, a character uh, description, so we know exactly who's in the book and who isn't. Now, your book, specifically, was based on your life experience. And so originally, everybody in the book was a real person. But into the book, we decided we needed to have an additional character that would be fictionalized.
0: Right. Well, what happened is, as you said, you know, I I could easily identify the characters in the book because I knew them, right? I mean, they were based on people that I knew, uh, you know, mother, father, brothers, aunts, uncles, all that kind of stuff. But uh, you identified, frankly— uh, as we were writing the book, that we needed another character, and so you said we need another character, <laughs> so write one
1: <laughs> we need another character, Mike right one <laughs> that's
0: pretty much what you said, <laughs> so I developed a character in my book named bobby who who never existed, and and I, I wrote it in such a way that I wound up loving this character. Uh, and, and that character became my favorite character throughout the book. And I realized when I finished it, I, I'm i not tooting my own horn, but I thought it was pretty good. And I realized then that if I could write a character that was real, uh, you know, not real in real life, but became a real part of the story, was believable and kind of pulled it all together, that maybe I'm a writer after all. And that was kind of an epiphany for me. I thought, I think I can do this. I can write fiction.
1: Yeah, yeah. We needed that extra character because uh, there was a lot of darkness in your story. And we needed somebody who, who could be a, a more optimistic character. Now, what was your original reaction to me when I, I recommended you have an extra character?
0: I don't know. I don't think I talked to you for two weeks. I was- <laughs> I thought to myself, you've got to be kidding me. You're out of your mind. There's no way I can do this. You know, how am I gonna do this? But then I I well, let me let me see what I can do. I'll just start I'll just start fooling around. And before you knew it, I thought, man, I really like this guy. And it became God, it just in my head, you know, creatively, it just became so real to me. And so uh, after I got finished being angry with you for, you know, screwing up my whole manuscript because now I've got to add somebody that I don't, once I did that, oh my gosh, you know, I, it, I don't know. I loved you for it. It it was, it was great. I'm glad you did it.
1: Yeah, it really was a, a good move. And, and Bobby is so real. He's just as real. And I think that's exciting because if you are writing a a book that is based on your life or certain things that happened to you, you can use creative license. You can uh, create additional characters, and it gives you some options that you don't have when you're really trying to write a memoir kind of book.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it not, not only did I wind up writing about this fictional character, Bobby, but because of that, there were these other characters, uh, Ruby at the diner, uh, the the officer that stopped that stopped Mickey one time and there were several others Uh, that I got to be honest, that was fun. And, and, and that's what gets my juices flowing now about fiction writing.
1: Now, Valerie, uh, you worked a lot with Mike and occasionally he would hit some uh, writer's block. What was your recommendation there?
2: Well, I think Mike struggled because he was trying to make it so real to his true life story. But he also realized he was writing a fiction. It just, there was a block there because the two didn't meet. It didn't match. And so I told him when he would get, when he would stumble a little bit, I'd say, get into your fiction mode. You're so good at writing fiction. Just start doing fiction. Even if it's someone you know, write it as a fiction. And he said later, oh, that did it. You know, that's what I needed. Um, he realized, like he said earlier, that fiction is his thing. He's really good at it. Um, and I think the reason you mentioned, and we didn't go over this, but you mentioned the, that Bobby was such a real character. So yes, Bobby was my favorite character and he was complete because Mike used, uh, the teaching that he received about creating a character. He knew that he had to be full and meaning he had all of the parts of a, of a human person um, in the story. So tell us a little
1: bit more about the character list, uh, Valerie. What are the components of a good character list and why do you need one?
2: Well, you know, you start with the basics and you want to put every character that you have in the book on the character list. You start with your main characters, and then you add the others. But the basics, name, age, birth date, location, family. And people will wonder why. Well, because those things come up. You might have somebody's birthday. You have to know their age throughout the book. Um, Physical attributes, their hair color and eye color, and are they tall or short, heavy or thin, light or dark skinned. Um, And you use... You know, turns like lanky or piercing blue. It gives you an opportunity to do some very great descriptive writing as well. Um, you want to know their personality traits: are they quiet or loud? One of the things I love is when we're I'm working with a client, and they'll write something, and I'll ask them, "Do you think that that character would say that?" And they stop and go, oh, no, you know what? They wouldn't because that doesn't fit the personality because you've written it all out. You know who they are and, and how they live. You know, are they the life of the party? Are they an extrovert and so on? Um, external things like college, career degree, and all of that comes in handy. Do they play the guitar? Because then you can fit them in to a scene where you needed somebody um, and then history. You know, sometimes history really makes the character. Were they adopted? Is that going to come up later? Um, Were they in a horrible car wreck wreck at some point? Um, Did they murder someone? (laughs) Um, All of these things make a full character and a believable character to the reader. And the reader won't get mad when they're reading it because a reader will catch that before anybody. Well, wait a minute. That's not how I think that character would behave.
1: You know, what I think is one of the most exciting things for me being in this business and being a publisher and an editor is watching a writer become a writer. Uh, Somebody who has potential, has talent, and yet there are a set of skills that need to be developed in order to really step into that role of the author. And let's finish up Mike with you telling us a little bit more about that transition for you. You knew you could tell stories. You knew, in fact, your wife m- made you talk to me because you were telling the same stories over and over. Is that <laughs> correct?
0: Yeah, that, that's, that's, uh, that's absolutely correct. I, you know, I've been, <clears throat> I've been telling her all, I don't know, you know, Different stories over the years, and you know, as as husbands uh, are want to do after nearly thirty years of marriage, uh, you know, you wind up repeating those stories. <clears throat> and so one day she said, "Look, you either have to write a book or quit telling the stories. That's it. That's all there is That's to it." it. And uh, I go, "Oh." You don't want to hear the stories anymore. She says, "No, I want to read about them." And so, when she had the opportunity to um, make an introduction, let's say between you and I, uh, she didn't hesitate. She went after it like a dog with a bone, and that's how we met. And I'm and I'm yeah. so and I'm so grateful that she did. Yes.
1: And that whole experience really has changed your identity, wouldn't you say?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I again, no. Uh, Today, I feel like I am a writer. I can do this. I can write. And I Mm -hmm. think people will like it. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely changed my identity.
1: Well, let's end with telling people how they can get connected to you. Mike, why don't you give us your website?
0: Uh, Yeah, if someone wants to contact me, they can reach me at www.mereynoldsbooks.com. That's M-E-R-E-Y-N-O-L-D-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. Uh, Visit my website. You can fill out a contact form, and I will get back to you as soon as I get it.
1: That's great. And how about you, Valerie?
2: You can reach me at our Barry Powell Press uh, website, which is Barry, B-E-R-R-Y, Powell, P-O-W-E-L-L, press, P-R-E-S-S dot com.
1: Thank you so much for this interesting interview, and I think that watching people become authors is really one of the most delightful things in the world. Thank you for sharing.
0: You're welcome. Thanks for having me on.
2: Good to see you,
1: Mike.
0: If you like our program, send us a comment and visit us online at barrypowellpress.com.